Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting, now in the midst of a pandemic. Psychologist Dr. Lisa Damore, author of two New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co-host Rena Ninen, a journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 43, what should my kids do this summer? So I got to see my parents for the first time in Tampa this weekend. Oh my goodness. How was it? <laughs> yeah. It was great. You know, my brother came up from Texas and we went to a family wedding and it was really small and intimate. <laughs> intimate as intimate as an Indian wedding can be. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> Usually like over 300. It was about 100 people. Okay. It was yeah. so small. fun. So great. And I have to say in Florida... Almost 50% of the population have had at least one vaccine. That's fantastic. There are states where we've reached or surpassed 70% of adults having the vaccine. California, Maryland, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Maine, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's really remarkable the progress we've made. I'm so glad of it. I mean, and I also, I mean, I know in the U.S. we're moving so fast and things are getting better. Not true everywhere, but certainly true here. Yeah, it's just, you feel the difference. But I have to tell you, when I came back, I'm still very anxious. I made sure we all got COVID tested, even though there was no symptoms or anything like that. It just gave me a peace of mind. You can go to a CVS or Walgreens. They do it for free. You do a drive-through. It just gave me a peace of mind. But we're returning to normal, but it's like baby steps. Doesn't it feel that way? It does. I mean, it's it's good. It feels good, but there's still a... Baby steps is good because it feels wobbly, you know, yeah, like, that's a great kind of unsure, saying. unsure. But I also was just thinking about, you know, maybe in the fall with the interval of the summer, we'll all kind of figure out the new rhythms and it won't feel so wobbly then, I hope. Yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, I'm excited. It feels like summer is upon us. And we got this great letter asking about the summer. It says, hi, Dr. Lisa. I'm struggling with plans for the summer for my three daughters. It's hard to know how much to push versus how much to let them lead. I want to be sensitive to what all our kids have gone through in the last year and a half, but I don't want them spending the summer staring at their phones. I'm also hearing other parents talking about what their kids are doing this summer and feeling like I'm doing it wrong. I have twins who will start high school in the fall and a third who'll be a high school senior. The girls have gone to camp for many years where they're unplugged for a month. We usually try to travel somewhere near or far. That also limits the device time. 
This summer, there's no camp and we will not be traveling. They want to stay home and hang out with their friends. Can you speak about how to know if we're pushing too much or not enough? Thank you for your insight. What do you think this mom should do? Well, I think this mom is like truly, this is like so many parents have this question of, you know, negotiating with their kids about how busy to be or not be. And it's a tough call. It's a really tough call. And and I think there are a lot of forces impinging on this. You know, I think there's what this mom describes so beautifully of like what they've been through, you know, this awareness yeah. that your kids are wiped out, absolutely wiped out. And there's also this sense of lost time. You know, I think there's a lot of families that feel like this past year was really stripped down. You know, maybe the development hasn't been as, as you know, steady as one would expect in a normal year. So maybe this is a catch-up summer. So there's a lot of, um, I guess I would say there's a lot of people at the table, a lot of, you know, opinions at the table about mm-hmm. what teenagers should do and what kids should do. And of course, also at that table is the kid, is the teenager with their own opinions about what to do. So it's not that we can say, here's what they should do. But I think what we can say is, here's how to think about it. That's always my, my preferred approach in parenting. Like, here's how to think about it. And I wrote an article, my, my most recent column for The Times was basically like how to think about the summer for kids and teenagers. And the way we want to think about it, Rena, is the end game here is resilience, right? Everybody's been talking about resilience. I actually was joking with some kids the other day. I'm like, I'm sure it feels like the R word at this point. Like, you're so <laughs> sick of everybody being like, oh, you're going to be so resilient from all this. <laughs> and and I do think they will. I really do. I mean, we know this, Rena, that that when people go through hard things, they are more durable down the line. Mm-hmm. But the way I want people to think about this summer is resilience happens, emotional strength happens, and this is something I lay out in the column, and we'll put it in the show notes, in the same way that physical strength is gained, that first you work out, then you rest and allow those muscles that have worked so hard physically to repair and strengthen, and then the upshot is to be stronger. So if we think about that psychologically, okay, they have just had the psychological workout of a lifetime getting Mm. through this pandemic. They need to restore themselves this summer if we're going to see the kind of resilience we are hoping for come fall. That article you're talking about that you wrote, it's called Why Teens Need a Break This Summer. And I love how you use that word psychological workout of their lives, I think is how you say it in the article. You know, you're saying you've got to give teens this time to sort of process, but you've also got to be open to negotiating what they need to do. When it comes to technology and devices, I remember at the start of the season, to your point of you like to show parents sort of, here's kind of how you should maybe try to think about it. You know, here's here's a way of looking at it. You made me rethink video games with my son because it was a way of them sort of interacting. You were saying got the kids, boys, largely, um, it kind of, that's their social hangout. That's what they did before. That's what they do now. How do we think about technology as we go into the summer? Man, that is the million-dollar question, right? Because it has been so um, bathing for us. I mean, kids have had nothing but tech. We've had nothing but tech. And parents, I think, rightly have questions about where tech should fit into the summer. So again, here, let's just think about it together. So one thing I learned when reporting, researching that article, and it didn't get into the article, is kids have their own opinions about how they want to have a relationship with screens this summer. Hmm. And... 
a lot of the young people I talked to, when I said, you know, what do you think? Where's tech going to be in all of this? They said, I want less of it. I am sick of it. I am going to limit and reduce my social media use. I just want to see my friends. So starting with the sort of social media use piece and then moving to the video games, what I would say for kids and teens who have access to social media, ask them where they're at with it. Ask them what their plans are for the summer in terms of social media versus seeing people in real life. And I think a lot of kids are going to say, no, I don't want to be on social media so much. Like, help me see my friends. And then you help them see their friends if they need your kind of help for that thing. If they're like, nope, that's good. I really like, you know, I don't like people in 3D. I'll just take the 2D version, you know. Then you can say, nah, 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 nah. You got to get back out in the world. But start that conversation from where they are and partner with them in what I am finding many kids' wishes to have a reduced interaction on social media. Okay, video games. Here again, you might start with where the kid's at and what they're thinking. I would not start from the position of banning them altogether. I think most kids won't need that. Um, One of the young people I talked to for my article, very bright 17-year-old, he was like, you know what? Every once in a while, a little video game, it just, it's a nice way to, you know, entertain myself, get some, you know, change my mental gears and... It's very clear this guy's got a busy summer and he's going to do a lot of things. But even at 17, a little time on video games was, you know, is enjoyable for him and he's looking forward to it this summer. If that's your kid, if the video games or the social media are one of many, many things they are doing, I I wouldn't worry about it too much. Hmm. So at what point do you need to worry? So the part where you worry is where it starts to crowd out variety in a person's life. You know, that that one way we think developmentally around kids is growth is fostered by spending time doing a wide range of things. So even something like if your kid only ever reads, if they're reading 10 hours a day, that's not actually ideal. You know, that the reading is really great, and I think a lot of people would prefer it over video games, but they should be physical, they should be social, they should be doing other things. So the way to walk up, especially to video games and or social media, is if this becomes their world or really a dominant force in their world, it's as much about the fact that they're on screens, which we don't love, as it is about the fact that they're not doing other things. So I would worry about social media or video games if it feels like that takes on that kind of addictive quality. And, and you know, we use the word addictive carefully because it, you know, has a lot of implications. But I would worry if there's sort of a can't-stop feeling, like they can't pull themselves away. And if you have a kid, let's say with video games, because they can be very compelling, who you say, you can do it for half an hour, hour a day, so many hours a week, and that's the limit, and they can't stop. They are sneaking it. You are in battles about it. Then I would say, all right, kiddo, you got to go cold turkey until you get past this can't-stop feeling, and then we will have the conversation again. You know, what's interesting is there's a timer you can put on Xbox that just shuts it down after an hour. Like, that's it. It's over, even if you're in the middle of the game. And it drove my son nuts. So he said, Mom, give me an opportunity to prove myself. Like, I won't go over my time. And it really helped him self-regulate because he knew if he went over his time the next day, he'd have it taken away. And, you know, that was just the penalty. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love that. 
it really helped him learn to self-regulate in a way that I wouldn't have given him that room to sort of grow and prove to me he could do it. Well, and it showed you that he could. And so then it solved the problem. And so that's a perfect experiment where you say, look, we're going to put this limit on it. If you can regulate it yourself, then you get to regulate it yourself. If you can't regulate it, I'm going to regulate it. Mm -hmm. And if this turns into a battle, we're not going to be doing this. Right. That's totally fair if you give them, especially the warning in advance that that's how it's going to go down. You know, the thing is, Lisa, video games, TV, Netflix, I need a break myself. Like I'm working from home. They're here. How do we as parents be good to ourselves this summer? Because I think we all need to recharge. We all need to go away to camp for a month and be away from everybody. My camp is like a spa of some sort. No, this is so funny. I actually was with another mom yesterday and we were talking about some kids going to camp and we're like, we want to go to camp. I was like, I want to go to to spa camp. That's exactly what I said. Okay, so how do we create spa camp at home? Um, I think we take the same lesson that's in the article that I wrote about kids and teens, it is also true for adults, that this has been brutal. And I don't use that word lightly. Like, this has been a brutal year. And kind of wonderfully, there's this alignment in the timing of things where um, the school year is ending, the weather is improving, and the pandemic is waning. And it's all happening at once. So what I would say to parents is if there is any way you can really slow down this summer or really create time and space for yourself this summer and do what restores you, whatever that is, and it might be TV and it might be books, Um, it might be spending time with people you haven't gotten to see, but do this for yourself. Um, You need to recoup some of that energy, um, process what we've all been through so that we can grow on it and, and, and come out of this feeling like we understand something new about ourselves and new about our kids that we can make use of going forward. Hmm. You know, one of the things I found in this pandemic is so many of us, we did it before, but so many of us parents are just comparing ourselves with other parents. What are they doing? Who's better? Who's, who's more isolated than the other, doing COVID better than the other. How do we deal with the comparison that, oh my God, am I doing it wrong? Yeah. No, and this mom asks about this in this letter, you know, like she's looking at other parents and it seems like they've got like the right plans for their kids this summer and, and she can't figure out if she's got the right plans. Again, how to think about it. The goal here is restoration. And Where this gets interesting is what's restorative is very unique to the individual. And so I actually, I'm going to give a normal times school year example because it applies here and it will also carry us um, into the fall as we think about, you know, what comes after all this. What looks like restoration differs very much child to child. So there are kids who can do a very demanding school day and going to sports practice actually helps them reset that being out, running around, you know, just gives them what they need. And then coming off of sports practice, they can sit down and actually do their homework effectively because they got a reset at sports. Okay, that's that kid. There are other kids who the day wears them out and they need to come home and drip around for 45 minutes. And then they need to think about things for another 45 minutes. And then they can kind of march up to their homework. And another thing that factors into this is actually how fast kids transition Some kids need a long transition between different parts of their day. Other kids can move very quickly transition to transition. 
And so as you're building your kids' summer schedule and school year schedule, what we have to ask ourselves over and over again is, well, what restores my kid? And if you're looking at other people's kids, you're going to get it wrong because other kids other kids are, you know, restored in different ways. And so I would say the same, you know, don't worry about what other people's kids are doing. Some of your kids will be restored this summer by getting a job. Some of your kids will be restored this summer by reading a lot just for leisure and fun. Some of your kids are going to be restored by hanging out with their friends as much as is absolutely possible. And there's going to be a mix of all of these things. But your question to be asking is, does this put gas in my kid's tank? My kid is on fumes right now as the school year is ending. Are the choices we are making, are the negotiations we're having as a family getting us to activities that will restore them so they can go back to school in the fall with a full tank of gas? That's so good. That's so good. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on the Ask Lisa podcast. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table for settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. Just think of all that cash back you can get on those groceries. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today, so the future you will thank you for it. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cash back credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cash back? A getaway with the kids? A spa day for yourself? Whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cash back credit card. And don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On Our Minds is a podcast about the teenage experience, made by teens for teens. There's a lot on our minds, and talking about it helps. On Our Minds Season 4 is produced by PBS NewsHour Student Reporting Labs in collaboration with KUOW's Radioactive Youth Media. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Ask Lisa podcast. So Lisa, when... You're looking sort of collectively at the summer for both parents and kids. What do you think is really the most important thing that we've got to keep in mind this summer? That this has been really hard. That this has been really hard. I I know there can be pressure. Like there's some narratives out there of like, oh, the pandemic's ending. Like let's burst out into our new glorious, you know, fabulous lives and we've got so much energy and this is so exciting and we can't wait to all be together again. I see some narratives like that in the media and I'm like, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This has been incredibly hard. It's been an emotional marathon. What do you do after an emotional marathon? You rest, right? You, you know, after a real marathon, you rest. You just take time and you put yourself back together. And 
And that's, I think, how we want to think about it, that the, we're not at this um, filled up moment. It's a moment full of promise. But we ourselves and our kids are pretty cooked. And and I will tell you, Rena, I was, I did a program with some teenagers, and these are great kids. And somebody asked, I was so grateful for this, somebody asked them, like, what do you need from adults right now? Mm-hmm. And this kid, I mean, this wonderful, she was, I think, a junior, really thoughtful. Mm-hmm. She goes, I don't even know. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa, wow. Like, I mean, again, as honest as teenagers are, right? They are so to the – and she, like, she couldn't even huh. wow, that's tackle powerful. the question. It was – I was, like, that's really, really moved powerful. by it. And so, like, that's where they're at. That's where they're at. And we get to be there, and they get to be there. And so mostly I would just say take the pressure off. Like, we mm. seem to have gotten through this thing. I hope yeah. most people feel like they are now in a safe place. So let it ride. Create room to see what you want to do, how you're feeling, how your kids are feeling. And what I would say, and this to me feels so important, trust yourself, trust Mm. your kids, that humans are oriented towards health. We are oriented towards growth. We will feel what we need to do. Our kids will tell us what works for them and doesn't work for them. Trust that there's knowledge inside of your kid and knowledge inside of you about what you need right now. Crowd out the noise telling you what you're supposed to be doing and what your kids are supposed to be doing. Your gut, their gut is your best friend right now. Wow. I think so often we're thinking like 18 steps ahead as parents, especially when kids are are at certain levels at school. And your mind's racing that what a great point that this high school junior made. I, I don't even know what I need. I feel like parents sometimes yeah. just don't even know what we need in this moment that'll help us get through this. But what do you worry about most? I know we've talked about this so many times when it comes to development, right? I think so many of us are second guessing that gut feeling because we're like, well, well what, what really matters in development? Like This is their junior year. We're going to start looking at colleges. I mean, when you look big picture, whether you have an elementary or a toddler or middle school or high school or, or college, what, what matters as you are trying to emerge out of where we have been this past sort of year and a half? Well, what worries me, you know, and what matters um, is that we don't continue to push on kids in ways that wear them down further. Um, I, I know that there are some parents who are like, oh, I feel like my kid lost, you know, learning this year or lost, you know, gains this year. Unless your school is telling you that there's remedial work that needs to be done this summer, I would say do not ask your kid to do extra school work. And if you have a kid, and I know kids like this who become very anxious that they are behind or they've missed out or they've lost out, and they start to craft a brutal yeah. program for themselves yes. this summer – Yes. I would really call the question and say, look, is this going to fill you up or is this going to drain you further? My number one worry about the summer arena is that in an anxious moment, uh, a parent or a child or a parent and child collaborating together could create a summer plan that actually sends the kid back to school in worse shape than they left it. Wow. And that is something we don't want to have happen. I really trust schools. Most schools, they're going to meet your kids where they are. They're going to figure out what your kid needs. 
they're going to help. I mean, everybody's a little bit wonky as they're coming into the fall. Schools know this. They're going to help everybody get back to where they need to be. I really believe most schools will be able to do that, not all schools in areas where the resources aren't there. And that was a problem before the pandemic. It's worse now. We need to address that. But for most of our listeners, I do think they can count on their schools. And the compact, I think, between school and parent this summer is the school will meet your kid where they are in the fall. The parent will send a kid back to school energized and ready to go and not wiped out by whatever happened this summer. Boy, that is so good. Can I tell you, when we went, we took a week off to go to Tampa, right? And I booked these tickets in January and assumed we'd still be in remote learning. But our COVID vaccination rates are at 70%. They did away with remote learning like two months ago, which is awesome. Yeah. So I begged the teachers in an email, can you please send us some schoolwork? And they, their responses back to me was, they're being reunited with their grandparents. Yeah. Throw those books out the window. Yes. And to hear you also say that is really great because... I feel like we need to hear that again, that the tiger moms or the non-tiger moms, everybody needs to know that this is about being, about healing and being restorative, right? And there's this quote in your article, I I can't recommend how much everyone needs to go and read it. It's in our show notes. It says, COVID was a lot of doing nothing is what this 14-year-old said. And I think we feel guilty because, wait, were we kind of doing nothing? Like what? We were all at home. And and that resonated with me, that 14-year-old's quote. Well, that, that's my other worry, actually, Rena, is that we do what I would call the right thing, which is we let people, you know, kind of trust their instincts, follow their gut, relax in ways that work for them or restore themselves in ways that work for them. And I worry that both parents and children will then feel guilty about it, right? That they'll think like, oh, I should have done more or look at that family, they're doing more. Or that kid seems to be, you know, doing something special that my own kid isn't doing. The guilt's a problem. Like if you're going to take the rest, take the rest. Don't sour it with guilt because then it's ruined, right? Then there's no point at all. So believe in yourself. Believe in your kid. Like do what you need to do for yourself. Have your eye on the fall and coming back strong. Whatever that means to you, that's what it means to you. And then enjoy it all the way and let your kid enjoy it all the way. Don't ruin it for anyone Hmm. by feeling like you're not doing it right. Wow. I didn't know how much I needed to hear that. <laughs> Take the pressure off. Take the pressure off, everyone. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's this, really great. This has just been a lot. And we get to rest. And our kids get to rest. Speaking of rest, episode 43 here. This is going to be our last one for the season. We are, of course, coming back in a few weeks, but we thought we'd take the summer off. And I have to say, some of the top performing episodes were topics that you say, you know, Rena, I think we should do this. And I'm like, what? Really? Episode 31, which was, my kid looked at porn. What should I do? Um, There was another one, episode 29, which was my kids and I have hit a wall. How do we keep going? Um, and, And the third top one was my child is turning into a teenager. How do I handle it? These are all topics that you pushed into the forefront. You said, we've got to talk openly about it. Yeah. And I'm hoping, you know, as we take a little rest this summer, you know, that we've got 43 episodes available that um, parents will feel, you know, if they're missing us, <laughs> they will they can go back and listen or re-listen to some of the earlier ones from the season. Some of them are very pegged to pandemic experiences. Um, many of them are ongoing parenting challenges that we know are part of family life with or without a global pandemic. Yeah. No, it's so true. Uh, I'm so grateful for your advice. I know so many, we've gotten so many emails from around the world, which was the biggest surprise for me starting this podcast is hearing from people around the world and and how 
your advice has really helped him. Wow. Um, but I, but we're going to stay connected, right, Lisa? We're going to stay connected to everyone. There's a way. Yeah. So here's our plan, um, because we miss you too when we don't yeah, get to we connect with we our do. listeners. Um, so we've been doing these Instagram lives on Friday afternoons, and they're really fun. Um, both Rena and I are there, and we take your questions, and we just get to talk and connect. And we've typically done them at 3 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time on Fridays. And so we'll keep a rhythm of those going this summer. And what people should do is follow the Ask Lisa podcast Instagram. We will continue to put up content all summer, and we'll keep you posted about when we're having get-togethers on Instagram or elsewhere. We want to stay with you this summer. We want to hear how your summers are going. We want to keep answering your questions in that slightly less um, formal way. And then we'll be back. Um, August 24th will be our first episode of the fall season. And... We have been getting questions about, you know, now that the pandemic is closing down, will you continue the podcast? And absolutely, because we started it to address the extraordinary challenges of pandemic parenting. But even without a pandemic, parenting is <laughs> not for the weak, <laughs> not for the, you know, the unsupported. And so we are thrilled that come fall, I'm hoping, I'm counting yeah. on, we can just keep ask, answering your your everyday questions about parenting because it's hard and it we want to be here for you. Yeah. And we're still going to be addressing your letters and your emails. So don't forget to hit us up on email, asklisa at drlisademore.com. Even if it's something you think we should take up in the fall, we love hearing from you. We love our inbox being full. So send us your questions or concerns, and we might even address them on Instagram this summer as well or in our lives, but be on the lookout for that. So I know you talk about the importance of what to do this summer and to take the pressure off, but you've also got some resources to help parents to, to keep things going and stay off devices. Yeah, so I looked online and, and, and spent some time looking for stuff I thought was really good. And I happened to find two different articles. One is 100 things to do with your kids this summer, sort of parent and child activities. And the other is 100 things for teenagers to do this summer. Awesome. And they're a great lists. They're just fun and inspiring. So those will be in the show notes alongside the um, the article we were talking about, my most recent column. That's great. I look forward to seeing what they have on that list. And so for our season ender, Lisa, what do you have for us for Parenting to Go? For Parenting to Go, what I want us to remember all the time is that stress equals growth. And we have all been through an extraordinarily stressful time, stressful at historical scale us and our children. And when you're in it, it's hard to feel the growth happening. But when we can step back from it, and our kids can step back from it, that growth can start to come. And so what I want parents to know, what I want them to know about themselves and their kids, is that we're mostly through it. And here comes the strength that you have gained. And the way to get there for yourself and your kids is to let yourselves rest. It's one of the hardest lessons of COVID is learning to take the pressure off. Absolutely. Enjoy yourselves this summer, everyone. We cannot wait to be back in the fall and we'll see you on Instagram this summer. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to Ask Lisa at drlisademore.com. 
And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.